Ponies Help Children podcast. I'm your host, Callum Stevens. As always, a massive thank you to Derek Gray from Audio Bubbles for assisting in the production of the podcast. Today, I'm joined with Karen McKeown, who's a parent of one of our valuable young volunteers, as well as a huge supporter of what we do. In today's podcast, we will be discussing many topics surrounding mental health in the society and our community, and her ambitions to see efficient change. This is a conversation I've been really looking forward to having and I really hope you all enjoy it. So good afternoon and welcome. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So if you'd like to just start off and where your interest for mental health really stemmed from. My interest in mental health kind of goes back to childhood when I suffered from my own mental health. However, in the last five years, it's kind of took a different turn. I lost my partner to suicide five years ago. And through that, there was a, I noticed there was a lack of support. The policies and procedures that are in place at the minute for the mental health system just aren't fit for purpose. So I kind of started taking that campaign to the next level and submitted a petition into the Scottish Parliament Petitions Committee, which is doing very well. But my drive for mental health and to see a better mental health system stems from the experience I had with my partner. No, that that's really beneficial to have that personal drive behind you and of we'll touch on it in, later on in the podcast, but you can see how that really drove you forward and your ambitions and where you are today. So speak to me a little bit about how you've adapted that and moved forward. So you've submitted your petition to Parliament and how did that get you to where you are just now at university and stuff like that? The first petition that I submitted was in 2018. At that point, they closed the petition and I was asking for a full review of the mental health service. After they closed that petition, because of the rules surrounding petitions, I had to wait a year, which I resubmitted it again. But I also decided that just being the average person, I wasn't really getting listened to, so I thought, I might as well go back to college to start off with and then on at university just to get some knowledge behind me about social policies and how social policies are made, how they're implemented and how the government kind of responds to needs of society as the needs of society changes. And I would say right now the need for mental health support is bigger than it's ever been. Mental health is a massive topic and Let's face it, every single person on this planet has mental health. So for us to be able to have the tools to deal with our mental health when it is a bit low or just to know that sometimes it's all right not to be all right, that's a big message that kind of needs to get pushed. But then there also needs to be support services in place. And right now there's very little support out there. They are trying to go more alternative routes which I think there's definitely a place for for the alternative routes. However, it needs to be legislated and it needs to be put into policies and pushed forward. And that's what I'm kind of hoping to do eventually, whether it's through the petition or whether it's through my studies at university. It's That's my aim. We hear that quite a lot with children that come to the charity and parents through whatever form of mental health it may be 
that they come to us and they're like, we don't really have any other option. We're, we're exhausted, everything else. Every We're on waiting lists, but everything's just too far in advance. They're not sure if how they're going to cope in the next six months before they get help. And we have that quite a lot, that they do come and please, just any any help is better than... And I've found with Ponies Help Children, with my own daughter, who she was in the house when her dad took his own life and she was carried by her dad's body with a towel over her head by the police. That was a very traumatic experience for Cadence. And... Throughout the last five years, we've tried different therapies. We've tried talking therapy, we've tried art therapy, and we've tried play therapy, we've tried different kind of things and nothing seemed to work. She was just broke. She did have a lot of abandonment issues because of how her dad died. There was a lot of trauma and a lot of grief there. When Cadence came to Pony he- Ponies Help Children, she really was broken to the point where I didn't think I was going to get my wee 10 year old girl back that she was prior to her dad dying. However, she came to Ponies Help Children to volunteer for her career aspects. So she came to volunteer for because she wants to be a vet. However, I've found that working with the poly- ponies and volunteering it's actually helped Cadence's mental health in ways and none of us ever imagined. I've n- she's no happier. Like when she comes out of here, like you can just see the smile on her face. She loves the ponies. Like she'll actually stay five minutes extra just to have that time, that connection, and that time with the ponies. And it's just amazing how much she's transferred over the last year, just being here. In a in a way. It's given her responsibility as well and it's helping her deal with her own mental health with her helping other people and I just think that's absolutely amazing that Ponies Help Children do give young young people the chance to volunteer and maybe they don't realise that they're getting the help but they certainly are getting the help. Definitely, we've spoken about that in other episodes talking about how some children will come with aspirations and goals that they want to set. However, it's not always as straightforward as I want to go from A to B. That So you, you explained to your daughter is wanting to come for experience with horses and experience with animals. Yet actually we were able to achieve a much greater goal of increasing that mental health and everyone can benefit from a bit of positive mental health. Yeah, definitely. And I think... Animal therapy, like there's nothing better than an animal, horse, dog, cat, whatever your thing might be. There is nothing better because it's they're loyal and it's unconditional love. And sometimes for cadence, I think that's what she kind of needed at that moment in time. And it's just it is absolutely amazing the transformation just with her volunteering here, and it started to open up new doors for her so she's starting to think oh I could do this now or I could do that whereas before she was very she was very negative thinking and it's kind of brought out a positive in her that it's just amazing to see yeah that that's really good and yeah there's very little scientific research and at the moment of that kind of animal therapy but the research is starting to come and we can see that from our side working with Stirling University that we are hoping to get it a little bit more 
well known that people may have pets at home and have seen benefits, but the actual solid research behind it isn't quite there. And that was what we struggled with at the beginning of getting funding and stuff like that. People in our local community weren't too sure about it, whereas we're aiming to try and promote that understanding of the benefits. And you see that, like, through some of the work that I've done at the petitions committee, the last time the petition was up when the health secretary gave evidence, he did say that and it is a way to try and combat and incorporate into social policies is for more funding to go into places like Ponies Help Children. For me, I think the government should really has to, to look at alternative therapies like horse therapy, places like Ponies Help Children and take that to the next level because some of these kids talking therapies just don't work. Like for, for my son who's got autism, when he was going to therapies, he was at a state he was at a stage where talking therapies just wasn't for him. He had to try and do something called pre counselling before he actually done the counselling. Whereas with Cadence, she's just come straight in and she was the same. She's just come straight in, worked with the ponies and the difference has been absolutely amazing. So the go- it's about time the government does start to incorporate alternative therapies because they already do things like mindfulness. So why not put the ponies and horse therapy in when, it's, when it is working? If something's working, why not? We need to start trying to get it on a bigger scale and that's something the Scottish government lacks. Yeah, because there's an understanding that talking therapy and stuff like that has its benefits and it has its place. However, it's very, very clinical and that's not necessarily how you break down barriers of having that very structured setting. Whereas what we have here is very almost informal and it isn't like everyone's very like it's very relaxed, which helps break down those barriers in a natural way instead of forcing information out. The don't, it's like with Cadence, she doesn't even realise that she's getting benefits. Like, she she genuinely thinks she's helping the clients and she's got, cert, she's got one wee client and, like, she just adores them and, like, she kind of takes that role, but she doesn't realise how much that's actually helping her mental health. Like, the difference I've seen in her schoolwork, she's now focused and invested in her actual schoolwork, whereas before she started to go down a wee bit of a bad road into the wrong crowds, no studying, whereas I just feel that Ponies Help Children has brought that all back and I can see I can see my wee girl again that I thought I had lost five years ago. Yeah, that's superb to see that impact we're having outside of mental health as well um, it's not just about A and B you've also got that additional benefit as well uh, we had Pauline on the podcast and she spoke about small things that her young son had, did was like making toast for her parents and stuff like that 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 was a massive thing for them that was never really seemed to be achievable but it's that breaking down barriers and once those barriers are broken down the, the potential is absolutely vast. Yeah, the, this negative circles of 
poor mental health and what the implications of that is can just as easily be reversed with positive mental health and with that intervention, whatever that may be, if it is animal therapy or something like that, just to reverse that cycle. Having a solid mental health can then impact you in daily life in such a good way and be able to achieve so much more. For me, I think the the horse therapy, it learns some tools. So although they're in for an hour and for however many sessions, they're still learning their skills and their tools when they leave here. So although they're only here for a certain amount of time, when they go home, their skills are still learning and their skills are still processing and they're still using their skills to help calm them down. And For me, I think children especially has to get some kind of tools. They need to have some kind of toolkit for when they are older. Because to eradicate suicide, to say we're going to eradicate suicide, maybe be an understatement but what we can do is we can give young people the tools make sure that they know that it's alright to feel like that things will get better this is what you can do when you feel like that and then maybe in 10 years time we'll have reduced suicide rates it's ambitious but I really do believe that Ponies Help Children has a place and it has to there really needs to be more recognition from the government for alternative therapies like Ponies Help Children. The Health Secretary has already agreed that mental health is going to start getting put to third sector. Why not put it to somewhere like Ponies Help Children? It, it give, give more funding so they can help more people, get more places opened and, and get across the Bradford Bread for Scotland and not even just Scotland, the Bradford Bread for the UK. Yeah, that's part of our plan anyway, that we... We see the demand in the community. There's no denying that that mum's phone's continuously going with referral forms of support that's required. But it's about trying to stretch that. Like we are only working in West Lothian, North Lanarkshire, and that's really... But we understand that this is going to transcend across everywhere. Everywhere is going to have the same issues. In North Lanarkshire just now, on... The CAMS waiting list. There is currently one thousand four hundred and seventeen people, children, waiting for mental health support. That's not even for neurodiverse team. That's just for the mental health team. Of the people that's waiting that time, they could be waiting up to nine hundred and seven days for support. That's over near enough three years that's just not good enough and that's where places like here, like you say, we said, places like here, it fills the gap until they're waiting and their services happen and that that is just one area, that is just Lanarkshire, North Lanarkshire, that isn't even the rest of the area so it's scary to think how many kids out there are waiting for either the neurodiversity team so they're waiting for assessments or whatever or the mental health team who... Children could be self-harming, suicidal. It's just not good enough. And that and it's places like Ponies Help Children that pick up the slack, but they just never seem to get any recognition. And it's it's not really fair because I think like the work that your mum does and what you do here, it definitely needs more recognition. Uh, something you touched on a minute ago about trying to focus on the younger people, that 
that is going to have a massive impact looking towards the future that if we can try and nail down on providing strategies to the young people that the growth that that will have in society of we see children coming that are so young that it is uncomprehendable if you're not working with children at that age of 10 year olds coming and they're like there's nothing else out there for me and that's where we need to focus that because those children will go into adulthood with that baggage and we understand we're not here to cure them but it's about providing as much support as possible so that they can go on to live a fulfilling life and yeah achieve what every young person should be able to achieve I definitely agree like we do need more support for our young, our youth because the youth they're our future they're going to be running this country one day and we're going to be the older adults and they're going to be deciding what policies are in place for us so if we don't look after our youth and nurture them what hope have we got for the future whereas if we put these strategies in place hopefully we'll have a bright future excellent at the moment you're studying social policy has there been anything in that that's really like struck you that you didn't know beforehand that I'm sure you would learn lots of stuff on the periphery around the subject but is there anything that's really stood out to you so far and there's been a lot of things mainly the gap between the people who write the policies and how the policies are implemented that has been the biggest thing that I've no, I've I've took from my course so far because Policy writers aren't involved in the implementation stage. That's government, which to me just blows my mind because sometimes you look at these policies and they look wonderful in paper. However, it just doesn't transpire into the front line and it's when it transpires into the front line you get failures like what happened with Luke and it's like that has to be radic- that has to be changed and reformed like we certainly need reform in so many areas but there's so much bias in the system yeah i hear about it quite a lot of like that the people that are making the decisions are very detached from the implementation and there isn't that communication backwards and forwards it is quite one-way communication of this is how we're moving forward but if there was that little bit better communication then and i also think an area that I've noticed as well is see the people who these policies affect. Very little time they're involved in even the writing of the policies or the different aspects leading up to the policies getting written. So these policies are getting written about, say for example, disability. You would think people with disabilities would be there to say this is how this is impacting my life or we need more help here, we need more help there. That's not happening. So they're writing these policies, but who are they writing them for? Taking you forward to a couple of years' time, what's your aspirations with your knowledge that you'll be armed with from your uni degree? What is your intentions? My intentions is to break the mental health system from inside out. Hopefully through like my dissertation and stuff like that, I'm hoping to look at different aspects of mental health and how that incorporates 
into social policies and also like just inequalities in general because we do stay in quite a deprived area and I think policies in the past has impacted that and impacted in people's health and drug use and drug deaths in the area so I hope to be working in that field being an activist I've got a big mouth so I'm good at fighting for what I believe in so I might as well do it for other people and make a job out of it and I want a full review of the mental health service Superb. Yeah, we support Yeah, in pushing that forward. Excellent. So you've just spoken about all the changes you would like to make moving forward in the future. Is there anything that you're involved in at the moment to make those changes happen just now? Because naturally, we need change sooner rather than later. We definitely need reform. Reform has to come. So as part of the petition to try and keep the momentum up, I'm going to be doing a, a... demonstration outside Parliament on the 2nd of May for just pushing again for a full review of the mental health system. I have got MSPs involved. I'm quite lucky that I've got quite a lot of MSPs backing because mental health shows no discrimination and it can happen to anyone at any stage in their life, from any any walk of life, any culture. It's mental health is all around the world and it's about time that we get that we get mental health in equal par with physical health because it right now it's not so this demonstration is showing that we're coming together and showing that we have had enough and we've had enough failures and we want reform we need we want change and we're not going to accept anything other than reform and change yeah, it is a really empowering understanding of mental health is as severe as physical health, but it's just, if you see someone who is visibly disabled, there is a completely different understanding to the difficulties that that person's facing compared to mental health, which is just, because you don't see it, we don't understand it, meaning we don't really bother about it. And that's exactly how, if you could see... What some what goes on in somebody's head? There's an illustration, and it's the body's all battered and bruised, and sometimes that's what mental health can feel like. But you just can't see it because it's a hidden disability. It's it's hidden, and I always say you'll never never underestimate how much a smile can hide, because you'll never you'll never know how somebody's truly feeling if. They're good at masking and putting on that smile. And sometimes it's just about breaking down the barriers by saying, are you all right? Asking that question. Like, don't be scared to ask people, are you all right? Do you want to talk? Like, I think we live in a culture where it's, we try and keep to ourselves and you don't want to get involved. And I think it's about time like we start asking each other, like, are you all right? Do you want to talk? Like, come on, we'll get a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. It's it's enough's enough. Like we've suffered this us as a society, we have suffered enough. We've went f- through two years of COVID. It's like let's try and get something positive and it the full society because things are just getting tougher and tougher. Cost of living, mental health is going to be badly affected with the cost of living, with how many people are worrying about their bills. So that is going to increase 
mental health and you're going to see more people needing access to services that services just aren't there budgets for local councils are getting slashed dramatically in North Lanarkshire the, the cuts that have just happened to frontline services they can't cut anymore but they're already talking about more cuts and it's like this economy and this society cannot take any more cuts because it's going to have a detrimental effect to people's mental health Definitely, mental health needs to be a priority naturally for to move forward in a positive way You've just spoken about the power of a smile and how that can really put up such a barrier to how people are actually feeling. We've seen it with children who have came in on the converse of that of that they might be a young boy coming out of school and they come with such a hard exterior and they're like, no, no, I'm okay, I don't need anything, I'm just going to keep myself to myself and this is it for me, I'm quite happy. But once I start working with the ponies, and the volunteer might be asking questions and yeah, cool, no problem. Yeah, that's it, just shrugging it off. But after, maybe it might be a couple of weeks, they start to come and they're maybe a little bit softer and they're speaking quite nice to the horse, which is progress. And you start to hear about them at school interacting nicer with the students and their teachers and stuff like that. That it is about breaking down the exterior of so many people that People hide their emotions for whatever reason it is to protect themselves or whatever it may be. People are really, really good at hiding how they do feel deep down. And the more we can try and break that down through just having conversations with them, the better society can. Definitely agree with you there. And again, I've seen that with Cadence because she's got that kind of hard exterior where I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. As a mother, I know I'm, I know she's not fine. But again, the barriers just get smashed when she came here. Um, and it's like, I'm ever so thankful to your mum like for, for giving her the opportunity. And like, she's been absolutely amazing with her. And like this, I can't big ponies help children up enough because not only have like my daughter came here but my nephew also came and it was your gran many many years ago <laughs> there's a picture of this <laughs> and i seen the difference that it made with him he was um four at the time i'm sure jacob was and the difference it made non-verbal and it was just amazing and then i've also spoke to like other parents in the artistic community and they've like everybody has got rave reviews about your mum and your gran and how amazing this place is and as I said it really needs more recognition and like your mum I call her an earth angel <laughs> that, that's really good thank you very much for, for that discussion that was really really interesting and I hope we do see change moving forward in the community thanks everyone that's listened I hope you enjoyed that one Please remember to go and like and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. And we'll be back in two weeks' time. Hope you enjoy.